Can you stand a moment? Say hello to your brothers and sisters and guests next to you. Um, partly, you've been sitting a long time, and you know how to preach, but also, these are the people made in God's image that he has called you. So say hello. All right, let's let's uh, come back together. Um, I've, I've never really been a baseball fan, but I guess that's what they call the seventh inning stretch. Or I better not let the honey on that. So, <laughs> if you'll uh, turn in your Bible there on the pew. Um, to page 1169. Um, and, and we're really coming to the tip-top, the, the apex of this, this passage. And so again, I'll, I'll re read the length of it so our attention falls just on verse 17. Here's the word of God. Um, like the word he spoke, and all things came into being. Colossians 3, 1 to 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is. See at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passions, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on them, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has complained against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Pray with me again, please. Father, you have revealed, you have given your word, you have called for it to be preached. You have, by example and by express assertion, put on it the promises of life from the dead, of glory, driving out and overtaking corruption. Let us hear, Father. Let us hear better than it is spoken. Praying your son. Amen. Christian, hear the words of the Apostle Paul. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In this short commands, he marks the boundaries of your business. He states the purpose of your life. And he lays the foundation of your confidence. The boundaries, the purpose, the confidence. These are practical words. Boundaries, purpose, confidence. These are words you hear in pop psychology and, and business coaching. Honestly, uh, boundaries, purpose, confidence. They are words that, that sound like the adults of the old Charlie Brown cartoon. But these three things, not these words, these three things, boundaries, purpose, confidence, here these three things are breathtaking in their practical significance. Boundaries, purpose, confidence, these three tell you how to live your life by faith. This is absolutely practical, but it is also uh, overwhelmingly profound. You see, the practical course of action is to live your life in the midst of the triune God. The basic normal how to do it of daily life is this simple point from our shorter catechism. There are three persons in the Godhead, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and these three are the same in substance. These three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Your life as a Christian receives all its goodness from the triune God. The profound and the practical go together. Uh, perhaps we can bind them up in the, 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 the one simplicity in this sentence. Your calling is to know God. And that is how you make God known. All I can do is to plead with God to make my words adequate for his word today, to make my speaking serve his being heard. 
This is profound. Father and Son and Spirit. This is practical. Boundaries, purpose, confidence. You are called to know God and make him known. Knowledge sounds like in your head. Ideas and explanations. This is about to-do lists and chores and neighbors and strangers. This is about the ordinary, regular, unexpected, whatever you do. This is where you know God and you make God known. Christians, hear the words of the Apostle Paul. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's start with the practical. Boundaries, purpose, and confidence. This is the big conclusion of chapter 3, 1 through 17. Christ is raised, you were raised with him. Christ is in heaven at the right hand of God, seated. You are on the earth, and you are directed to set your mind on. You are told to seek those heavenly things here on earth. That calls for personal repentance and struggle with sin, to put to death and to put away motives and thoughts and habits and impulses. It also calls for interpersonal unity, love and forgiveness between you and other Christians. And lastly, it calls for the peace of Christ to rule you. See how it begins? With Christ seated victoriously in heaven. It ends with you ruled by his peace on earth. He wins the war. You are ruled by his peace. You seek the heavenly on earth. Boundaries, purpose, confidence come with that peace. You get hold of this trio by setting your heart on Jesus seated victorious in heaven. As I said two weeks ago, Paul's phrase here, the peace of Christ, does not match his phrase, the peace of God in Philippians 4. The peace of God there is enjoyed instead of anxiety and fretting. It guards your heart. The peace of Christ in Colossians comes from the seated Jesus. This is not peace instead of war, like the demilitarized zone between South and North Korea. This is the peace that only comes after war. This is the peace that comes only after victory. This peace is like the Marshall Plan in the years following World War II, the rebuilding of a, of a scarred and chewed up European continent. This is the good guys picking up the pieces now the enemy has been routed. This peace comes in the word of Christ, dwelling richly in you. This peace is the personal and interpersonal and royal work of Christ in the liveliness of his church, the teaching and admonishing and singing praises and giving thanks. And it goes farther. It overflows. But like water, it seeks its own level and seeps into cracks and corners. By faith in Christ, you are sopping wet with this peace. You bring it to the ruins and the ramshackle of the society around you. The, your shoes squish. You leave wet footprints. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord, the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What limit is there on Christ's victory? None. Colossians 1.19 reads, In him 
all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The peace of Christ is held out by no boundary. When the word of Christ dwells in you richly, the only boundaries are your own smallness, as individuals and as a congregation, there are no parts of your life where you do not bring his peace. There are no places, no responsibilities, no relationships, no opportunities, no surprises that excludes you bringing the peace of Christ. This is practical. Whatever you do, do everything. This is about everything you do, every word, every action. You may indeed be small, in an odd corner, and unnoticed, disrespected. But by your faith in the victorious Jesus, you have and bring his peace on the earth. There are no boundaries. This is your business, all of your business, in every busy day. Then what is your purpose? What is the importance of stopping to get coffee this morning or checking on your elderly and sometimes ornery neighbor or the lunchroom conversation about Ukraine or Illinois or Angier? Whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Your purpose is to represent the victorious Savior, to bring the benefits of his victory over sin and death and deception and misery. Does that seem too much for you? Is that purpose beyond your reach and your wits? Again, the word of Christ dwelling richly in the church of Christ is how you will be built up and given wisdom. You simply need to recognize that there are no boundaries. And that you are called to act according to his purposes and his accomplishment. Yes, this is beyond you and, 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 and you corporately. This calling points toward the need and the future of growing individually and corporately. Here is your purpose. To make known. To make God known. By demonstrating anyway, any way that Christ has won and brought peace for sinners. There is a new humanity. There is a new way of life. There is a new creation, a new goodness at work on the earth. Boundaries, purpose. These are practical. This is where your attention belongs, what your goal is. What of confidence? This can seem too much for you. Maybe after 10 years of working at it, we might have some sort of something to nod at, or so it seems. You set your mind on the heavenly things. You seek what is above, even though you are so obviously on the earth. And God's Father gives to you. Already he has given to you. While you are busy, and, 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 and not yourself very impressed with what you're doing, while you're looking for any and every good word and deed of peace, feeling uh, sometimes flummoxed, sometimes clueless, while you live by faith in Christ, the Father gives to you what Christ deserves. He advances the peace of Christ in you and through you. 
Remember where Christ sits, at the right hand of God, God the Father. Remember in Psalm 110, it's the Lord Yahweh who tells David's Lord to sit down. It is the Lord Yahweh who sends forth from Zion his scepter to rule. It is the Lord Yahweh who declares him a priest for all the nations. Here is your confidence. God the Father so loves his Son that he sends the Holy Spirit to dwell in the church richly to equip you as ordinary and everyday heralds and workers of Jesus' peace. This is the practical overflow of your life together. This is your calling. Live your normal life. Know God and make him known as the living God who brings peace through Christ. And by faith in Christ, you do know God. You may be the freshest and least instructed newborn babe in the kingdom. Yet you know God as surely as our, our Clara knows God after decades. You may not have even heard this yet from Paul's letter to the Galatians. Quote, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now, you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God. You may not have been more than mildly puzzled by the Trinity yet, but the full attention of Father, Son, and Spirit has come on you in affection. The full activity of the one living and true God has begun adorning you in his fidelity. There are books to read and thoughts to ponder. There's marveling and boggling to do, comparing and connecting passages of Scripture. Yet the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the one in three and the three in one, this knowledge comes in being known. The practical course of action is to live your life in the midst of the triune God. The basic normal how to do it of daily life is that simple point. There are three persons in the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one God, the same in substance and equal power and glory. You know God, distinct in three persons, and his work for you. He reveals himself to you in his actions to save and sanctify you. As you know him, you will make him known. Paul only mentions the Holy Spirit directly, by name as it were, once in Colossians. When he enthuses about the Colossian believers, he speaks of their love in the Spirit. He prays for them to be filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding. The Spirit brings to you all the benefits of Christ. He makes the Jesus seen in heaven present in your hearts. By the work of the Spirit, you receive, quote, the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Often people wrinkle their brow at this indirectness in the New Testament, as if the Spirit is somehow vague or indistinct. Jesus' word to Nicodemus in John 3 should be heard. He said, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
Psalm 110, the Father sends forth the Son's mighty scepter to rule. And Jesus' people come to him freely with the freshness of youth from the edges of the world. You do not see his coming and going, but you hear. The Spirit is at work among you in the word of Christ, in the mouth of the believer sitting next to you. You can't see which way. You hear him in the song you sing after dinner. You hear him in the passage that your friend makes into a reminder for you. You hear him when a friend turns words about baptism into the refreshment you need for your distress. He is heard when you teach and admonish another believer. It is by the work of the Spirit that you are enabled to extend the peace of Christ on the earth. It is by the Spirit that whatever you do, you do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. The eternal Son became a man. You know him by his work in the gospel that you've heard and believed. It is by faith in his work that you enjoy the results of his victory. All that you need to know for life and godliness is found in the one you trust. As the Spirit works distinctly for you, the Lord Jesus holds in himself all that you need. The revelation of Christ is rich enough, wise enough, powerful enough to meet all your inadequacy. In Colossians 2, Paul acknowledges how you might well feel inadequate for doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ. He prays for faith to be enriched by the one in whom you trust. He prays that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It is the Father who sent his Son. When Paul enthuses about the Colossians in chapter 1, he, quote, gives thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It is the Father who has rescued you from failing to be good enough. It is the Father's will that instead of being a good enough Christian, you can live doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ. He has qualified you. You don't have to pass the test today or tomorrow or ever. You must only set your mind on Christ, who is above at the right hand of the Father, seated. You must only be a sinner, finding life and salvation and victory outside yourself in Christ. This is your relief and also your ambition as you have this life in Christ. So even your thanksgiving to the Father comes to him through Christ. Indeed, you have reason to shout thanksgiving in the Father's presence. As the Father has received his Son above in victory, your life, too, is hidden with Christ in God. Here on earth, as you seek to do everything as a representative of Christ's victory, you receive the care and the blessing of the Father. Your prayers are heard as nearly as one standing at his right hand side. His delight 
in the Son's priestly work is a satisfaction in your salvation. The resurrection of His Son and the reception of His Son at the right hand is the cherishing of your own body and person and life. Your endeavor to glorify the victorious Jesus fulfills the Father's own affection for His Son. Through His Son and through His Spirit, He has richly given to you and He continues to pour out His love and provision on you. This is why, like Paul, you are to give thanks to God the Father as you enjoy and extend the peace of Christ. The practical commands of God and the profound presence of God are inseparable in the Lord Jesus. No boundary all of your life, even as the Spirit is at work to fit you for the whole of your life. Your purpose is to make known the victory of Christ, making known the God whom you know as he is saving you. Your confidence is that the Father's heart is set on your life glorifying his son. God has called you not simply to get important things done. God has called you to know him. As you grow in the knowledge of the triune God, you will more and more make him known. As you grow in the knowledge of how the triune God is at work for your salvation, you will more wisely and richly represent and demonstrate the peace of Christ. Your calling is to know God, to make him known. For this, Christ came, died, and rose. For this, the Spirit is at work among you. For this, the Father has embraced you in his Son. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Father, oh Father, as we are taught and admonished by the preaching of your word, we ask that your spirit would take how you've instructed us in days and years and the instruction that we've heard together and that you would enable us to teach and admonish one another that from this your word would come songs Father, that you would treat us as your son deserves. That his glory would be the measure of how you work with us. That his praise and the extension of his peace would be not only our daily business, Lord, oh, but that you would richly work with us in this day to day. Pray in his name.